a good haircut can be a game changer. I mean, everybody wants to look their best for those social media pics, right? So get yourself to Sport Clips at Sport Clips Haircuts. They hair do like no one else hair does. See what they did there? Not only is it the home of champion haircuts, but they've also made relaxing and unwinding the name of the game. Level up your haircut with the MVP haircut experience. It's a spa day for your follicles. Check this out. You get a seven pressure point massaging shampoo along with a perfectly steamed hot towel all while sports plays on the TV. Does it get any better than that? No. You can want it all and have it all at Sport Clips. It's a game changer. I know you have heard this before. Work smarter, not harder. Ford has heard it too. That's why the Ford F-150 truck helps you get the job done in the smartest way possible. I mean, the Pro Access tailgate alone is a game changer. It improves access to the bed and cargo, which makes it easier to load in tight spaces. See? Smarter. It's also got a mobile power source in Pro Power on board, so you can power up to 7.2 kilowatts outside your F-150 truck. That is definitely working smarter. And imagine what you can do with that power at your next tailgate party. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Find your local Ford dealer at Ford.com. Pro access tailgate available starting spring 2024. See owner's manual for important operating instructions. his life his fan base 
chanting three other letters. And eventually, he had to sit up and take notice and go, why are these people hijacking my live Monday Night Raw by chanting ECW? So Vince Russo, who was the head writer at the time, was also a huge ECW fan. So they had to do something, and ECW forced the hand of the entire wrestling industry. Do you agree with that, Devon? Absolutely. I remember I testified. when we did the invasion, and I remember looking at the expression on Vince Man's face sitting down and commentating like, what the f <laughs> You know, I mean, it was just, it was so cool to see that. And like Bubba said, there can't be no denying that ECW changed professional wrestling. If it wasn't for ECW, there would probably be no Stone Cold Steve Austin drinking beer and wasn't in the middle of the Good You know, I mean, Steve Austin did after leaving WCW and went to WWE and then had this whole new persona. And, you know, it was because of ECW that gave Steve the, you know, I don't want to say courage, but it gave him the um, notion to be able to come back and to be himself again after dealing with what he dealt with in WCW. And, and just the, the crazy part is, and we're talking to you and like we're but you know this already. It's like for, for you guys who don't, who don't know this already, you know, Devon just brought up, uh, you know, Steve Austin. You know, Steve was so mad after Bischoff fired him the way he did. And Paul Heyman said, Steve, come on in. Here's a microphone. Say whatever you want. Now, Missy, when you came to ECW, because at the time too in the '90s, there was there was no divas, there was no you know women's championship, women's main eventing WrestleMania, none of that stuff. So when you first came into the company, what was your role? Because I remember my first day in ECW. I've told this before. I walked in there as a 25 year old kid, and I could not believe how many beautiful women that were in the locker room. I couldn't believe it. I was like, because where I came from, like, you know, women's wrestling was, you know, women's wrestling at the time, which was fine, but then all the girls were dressed like you. And I was like, what is this? I have never seen this before in my life. There was a real punk rock attitude and a real sex appeal to this company that didn't exist in any others at the time. Well, that's Paul Lee. I mean, if it wasn't, wrestling even wouldn't even be around right now if it wasn't for Paul Heyman, I believe. Why do you say that? I mean, wrestling has to change with the times, and you gotta—you can't keep doing the same old stuff. You gotta change with the times, and people grow up and want new, different things. And Paul's changing, made it cool again. Mm. Yeah, you know, ECW made wrestling cool again to people. Because you see somebody, you would be out, and you see somebody with an ECW shirt on, and you go, "Oh yeah, right. ECW." store anywhere you'd see somebody and you just felt like a kinship to them and it was cool to like ECW. Yeah. So. I remember I was living in Calgary at the time working mostly in Japan I tried to get into ECW for a year and I started calling Mick Foley gave me um, Paul's number I started calling Paul one full year and I got in touch with him twice one time he answered the phone it's like hello is Paul Heyman there please no this is his roommate Dave <laughs> family, they were like hoarders, like, like those TV shows you see with the house just packed like a rat's nest. We had to walk through like a little corridor with all this stuff and move over here and there was a TV there and I had to sit there like this to watch ECW on, a, on, a, you know, on, on, the, on the satellite. But that was how the cool factor was. Now the other side of it, Jared, I'm going to ask you about, was the work rate. 
that was another thing. We had the hardcore style. We had the, we had the sex appeal, but also, too, starting with Hoovy and Ray and Dean and Eddie and Chris, and then Jerry Lynn comes in. You do all these great matches with RVD and with Lance Storm. The work rate in ECW was a different level at the time as well. Well, I wanted to hit on what Missy said, where the business continues to change and evolve, and you have to keep up with the times. So when I was in WCW, I would get together with a buddy of mine, and at 2 o'clock in the morning on some obscure network, we would watch ECW. And I told him, that is one company I will never work for. <laughs> Sandman trade chair shots and the fans are handing weapons, microwave ovens and frying pans over the rail and everyone's clocking each other in the head with it. Yeah, that would have been awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those who cannot wrestle use furniture. <laughs> so when Paulie knew I wasn't under contract, he had Candido call me up and Candido says, yeah, Paulie wants to know if you want to come in and do a couple shots. And I said, all right. I said, here's how much I want. And I said, one more thing. And Chris says, what's that? I go, I don't want some idiot hitting me in the head with a frying pan. <laughs> he goes, no, we got our brawlers and we got our wrestlers. You know, and I'd seen Dean and Eddie's matches and Mysterio and Psychosis and that. So, uh, so I felt a little more at, at ease, but I learned real fast. I was going to have to get hit in the head with a kendo stick. I was going to have to go through who knows how many tables. Kick a chunk of steel through my skull. So, but I learned, you know, like she said, the business continues to change and evolve, and you have to be willing to change and evolve with it a little bit if you want to survive. But like you said, uh, Rob and I, I guess right from the first match, we just clicked and felt like we had chemistry. And so uh, I think both of us wanted to make it more fun for ourselves. Plus, we wanted to make it more thick growing up. Uh, for me as a fan, I didn't want to watch two good guys wrestle. Yeah. I want to see a good guy, bad guy. Yeah. So I, want, I think my goal was to make it so it would be fun for the fans to watch two good guys wrestle. Yeah. All right, there are some seriously talented luchadors in AEW, and not all of them speak English, which can make putting together matches a little challenging sometimes. That's why I signed up for Rosetta Stone. I'm learning Spanish, amigos, eh, amigas. See, already learning. Haha, Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program. You don't even have to learn Spanish, though, because Rosetta Stone has 25 languages, including French, German, Korean, Arabic, and Polish, and Japanese. That's what I'm going to do next. I spent a lot of time in Japan, and I still work with a lot of Japanese wrestlers at AEW, like Takeshita. So having a better handle on the language will definitely show in the ring. Communication is key. And learning Spanish on Rosetta Stone has been so fun and easy. They've got this true accent feature that gives you feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. Sort of like having a personal trainer for your accent. I'm using the app, but you can also do the lessons on desktop or laptop. I also like that I can download the lessons and do them offline, which is perfect for a plane. I can sit there on a flight and work on my Espanol. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Talk is Jericho listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Jericho. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Jericho today. That's rosettastone.com slash Jericho. Do it today. Let's talk a little about Paul Heyman. Um, yeah. <laughs> one of the true characters in a business filled with characters. Bob, do you agree with this? Yes, he's a character. <laughs> I, I, I worked very, very closely with the man. He's, uh, remember Wiley Coyote, super genius? He's Wiley Coyote. For as crazy as Paul was, and, we, and Missy, you know him longer than all of us. You knew him when he was young and crazy, you know, we all worked with him. The guy really is, he's, he's a super genius when it, because he outsmarted us all. Yeah. He's lasted longer than just about anything. Yeah. If you sit back and you look at this, right, whoever complains about this and that, 
of money and blah blah blah. I'm like this mother is making millions of dollars. <laughs> it's interesting how he always seems to be the uh, what does he call himself? The confidant. The advocate. The advocate for the top guy. The wise man. The wise man. He's the advocate for the top guy in the company every time. Now, Missy, you knew Paul since he was young. Is this when you were in WCW? No, um, I met Paul in Georgia way before Eddie Gilbert was going to Continental Wrestling and booking there. And um, we met Paulie there, and I, I fell in love with Paul. We'd be on the phone, we'd have $500 phone bills back in the day because we were on the phone gossiping and talking about wrestling. And then when Eddie went to book Continental, I said, you gotta hire Paul. And he goes, no, I don't want it. I'm like, you gotta hire Paul. So of course he does what I say because I'm smart. And, uh, And like, and 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 they would get together, and then he realized just how smart he was. And I went, I went into his bedroom. We shared an apartment in Montgomery, Alabama, for about six months. And I went into his room, and the only thing I saw were white shirts, buttoned-up shirts, and a box of um, baseball cards. <laughs> that was it. That was the only thing in there, and a mattress on the floor. Yeah, I was like, true. okay, whatever. Yeah, I was scared to go in the room. Who knew? was in there, but um, anyway, I, yeah, I've known him for that long, and, and he, he, him and Eddie would get together and just be up all night talking angles and what they're going to do and do everything, and he was, he was smart then, and he's still smart now. Let's talk about the creation of the Dudleys. So the idea was that the Dudleys' father, <laughs> he was a jobber. A bunch of rats and all you guys came out. <laughs> but we always hate the fact he was not a jobber. <laughs> the dad was a jobber. He bought back a bunch of rats. At the end. <laughs> they talk about the creation of one of the, one of the greatest uh, uh, characters in, in ECW history. Well, you know, Big Daddy Dudley went around the world making bands. <laughs> Chubby Dudley, dances with Dudley, sign guy Dudley, uh, Spike Dudley. I mean, I gotta say, Spike Dan Dudley should be in the Hall of Fame. Because yeah. he got every single one of us over. And I tell you what, Daddy Dudley was doing a lot of acid when he made Spike. Deliverance one too many times. And then Big Daddy Dudley decided to go to the south side of Dudleyville and mess with, some, and mess with the brothers and sisters. And here I am. I forgot about Scott Dudley, who still owes me 200 bucks for the electric bill when we lived together in Morristown, Tennessee. The crazy thing about the family was when they didn't know what to do with you, make them a Dudley. strengths and hide the weaknesses. And I learned this once again as a 25-year-old kid. That's the secret of the wrestling business, ladies and gentlemen. It's not about what you can do, what you can't do, it's what you can do. And that's why Ultimate Warrior, one of the, one of the biggest stars of his generation, you would never call the Ultimate Warrior a great wrestler. He didn't have to be. He had personality, charisma, and a great ring entrance that hooked us all in. Paulie was great at doing that. And Sandman was a perfect example. Oh, yeah. yeah, definitely. I mean, Sandman, just his ring entrance and everything was incredible. I mean, it, it was a shame that he had about three cases of beer in him when he went out there to work. <laughs> and people were scared to work with him because they were like, I don't know if I really want to 
drunk. I always heard from the boys he was safer drunk than he was. He was. It was an incident. We were in New Jersey, and we had about 15 minutes of the match, and we're about three minutes in. He takes a wooden ladder, puts it on my chest, and does it to a pay into the ring onto the ladder onto me. Tore my pec muscle. I'm screaming. We got about 15 more, like 10, 12 minutes left in the match, and I got to go through the match and finish it. We get in the back. He goes, Devon, are you okay? I go, No, I'm not okay. I'm hurt. I was like, What were you thinking with that wooden ladder? Bubba goes, What the fuck are you sitting there laying there waiting for me to do? So I remember it was like three weeks later, we had a match with him and Tommy Dreamer at the ECW arena. He walks into the, he walks into the arena and he goes, Devon, what are we doing tonight? I go, I don't know. I go, how come you're not slurring your words? He goes, I didn't have any drinks. He was like, I, 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 no beer. I was like, no beer? Hold on one second. I'm going to call me a runner. I said, we're going to be on in 15 minutes. Get that son of a bitch a lot of beer. completely coherent and fine. I said, are you sh are you straight right now? He goes, yeah. I go, go smoke, please. <laughs> Rob was a million times better stoned. That was very Pat rare. was a million times better drunk. That had to be a rare moment. I've never seen him straight. <laughs> but that's the thing, too, you, you guys have to understand. And once again, you know, coming from Calgary, everybody was up there too, but coming into ECW, the partying factor in the dressing room and after the show was next level. I remember going to the Travel Lodge in Philly, which is you go if, you, if I showed you this right now, it is a rough, rough place. A cylinder of sin. The center of sin. And all the fans knew that we stayed there. So you would go into the lobby, and ECW was a lot of the Jericho Cruise. Everybody's friends. You're friends with the fans, you're friends with the boys, you're friends with the girls, the referees, the crew. Everybody's hanging out. But the, the, the level of just this crazy debauchery, you know, you're talking about Sam, but then you got Scotty is there, Raven is there, and, you, and then God bless Anthony Pitbull too. Like, all of us. Everybody's off the rock, and I remember just like, this place is awesome. <laughs> for the show uh, that night and Paulie would take so long that by the time you had your interview at 2 or 3 in the morning unless you were a true professional like maybe Lance and I, I can tell you if you ever watched some ECW interviews that I did I didn't get a lot of them probably because I was too loaded for most of them but that remember that remember to do those interviews later night and Paulie was smart there because we wouldn't get paid until the last person was done doing their promos <laughs> So no one could leave. <laughs> he was great with me. He would ask me, "How much do you? How much do you want? What do you think you deserve?" And I would tell him, and he would pay me. That's my relationship. See, and here's the thing, Missy, and we have talked about this many times. Paulie was very smart because we didn't get paid a lot of money, but he would pay me. I mean, when I got my check, and my checks always cleared with Paulie. I was, I was on there for six months. Mine too, because if it, I, oh please, mine too. If he would have gave me a check that balanced, I would have been like, either pay me in cash or bye-bye. Right, well, so he would give me my check, it was like 250 bucks, but he'd put plus 50 bucks bonus, 300 bucks. But the bonus, I got a bonus. He probably owed me 600, doesn't matter. I got 250 plus 50. That gave us fire to want to perform for him. Remember we spoke about this level. Uh, the entire locker room would legitimately go to war for Paul Hayes and not even think twice about it. If, if you guys ever get a chance, go on YouTube 
and watch Paul's pre-match speech to the locker room right before Bailey Legal. To this day, goosebumps. Because when you, because we knew that this, the first pay-per-view for ECW was a huge deal. And when Paul says, you've made it to the dance, I got goosebumps right now. We did. This company that should have never succeeded out of a bingo hall was now on pay-per-view. Unheard of. So, an incredible, an incredible motivator. And he, even if he owed you money, you for, somehow forgot about how much he owed you because of what he would say to you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Jerry, let's talk about those speeches at the arena. He would stand up at the top of the... the so the, the, You guys hear about the ECW arena, right? Like, this is an arena, and it's this. But by the way, it's not just a bingo hall. The back locker room area is a ghetto. It's decrepit, it's dirty, there's no shower. I don't even remember being a And there's no chair, there's no chair to sit in. All the chairs have been broken. And tables, tables. Oh, okay. But it was such a decrepit area. No shower, maybe a bathroom, but it might probably was broken. Uh, just dirty. Like there, it's not what you're envisioning this glorified ECW arena. But Paulie would stand at the top of the staircase there, and we'd have the whole crew. He's like the Messiah. It's like a, if you guys are horror movie fans, Damien Omen 3. When he's at the top, and all of his, his minions are there, and he's talking to them. And what would he say, Jerry? Oh, it didn't matter what he said, but at the end of that speech, everyone was ready to slit their own wrists. I mean, and everyone, you know, talks and raves about the pay-per-views. I, I think all of our house shows were pay-per-view quality. And we were never going to let up. We were, we were there trying to build something, and I, I still say to this day, all of our house shows were pay-per-view quality. And even, even when we were behind in pay, you know, we were probably two and a half months behind in pay. We still went out there and gave it our all because we really believed in what we were trying to build. I remember, and, and Bubba and, and Devon, all you guys, I remember him standing there and saying, this is the island of misfit toys. You are the outcasts that no one else will hire, and you are the finest people and pro wrestlers in the world today, and I am honored to be here working with you. And you'd be like, hey man. Nobody else wants you, but I do. And they do. And they live for you and die for you. And at the end, you're just like, kill! <laughs> and that's kind of what he would do. He would brave heart shit. Right? It's like, drink the Kool-Aid. Right. Everybody was ready to drink the Kool-Aid. I'm drinking buckets of this shit. It's pouring all over. to show how much you appreciate a pro wrestler. What are they? You tell me. There's only two ways a promoter can show their true appreciation. With an extra zero on the paycheck, which was not happening in ECW. Or a pat on the back. Because a pat on the back goes a long way with all of us. Because we're used to not getting those pats on the back. All we hear about is the negative, the negative, the negative. said about the speech, or when you came back through that curtain, he was the first one there to thank you, to hug you, to tell you, great job, but here's how you can do better the next time. Woo! And, right? I mean, 
the moment. Change. We like to call him the Dave Koresh of the wrestling business. That's, really, that's really what he was. I mean, you actually believed every single word he said. He, he was a Jedi. He could do that to you. And I wanted you to explain about because we discussed this many times. There's, like you said, there's the money on the check, or there's the pat on the back. And as time goes on, the money's great, but the pat on the back still means so much. You know, Jerry and I work together every week in, 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 in when you hear that the boss liked it, or if Jerry's my agent, Jerry liked it, like, producer, it means something. And Paul was so f***ing good at because he knew he didn't have the cash. Like I said, 250 bucks at the time, I was probably making 500 bucks, so oh, 200 bucks. But it meant a lot to me to see the bonus. Like, f***ing gave you a bonus. Like, that, oh. I just remember feeling so great about every time coming through the curtain, whether we're at the arena or whether we were in frickin', you know, uh, Poughkeepsie or somewhere in the yeah. Syracuse, uh, Allentown. That reminds me, uh, when you said Paulie's always there patting you on the back, and Poughkeepsie was uh, me and Rob for Hardcore Heaven. And that's when I, I smashed my face on the concrete. We fell off the top rope, and after the match, as soon as I get back to the curtain, Paulie's standing there and he's going, That was the greatest match I've ever seen. And I went, I hated it, it sucked. And Nova comes over, come on, Jerry, let's go get some air. <laughs> but even though there was a couple of screw-ups, he was there, you know, just telling me what a great job you did. Quick detour, uh, Missy. You mentioned Eddie Gilbert. I know you guys were together for a while. We always hear about the genius of Eddie Gilbert. Eddie, Eddie passed away decades ago. I don't know about the genius of Eddie Gilbert. Please explain it to to us. His, oh his, 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 his mindset. His mindset. His oh my God. He lived and breathed, and everything was all about wrestling. He he would watch tapes. He would. He was always learning. He was always trying to see the next thing that he could do. He showed me that he was booking matches when he was like 15 years old. He had like little books and he would write like Jerry Lawler versus so-and-so and this match is going to be this. And he would work out a whole program and, who, and what they would do and what the matches would lead to. He grew up watching Memphis Wrestling and, and watching you know Jerry Lawler and everybody that came through. But he loved wrestling so much. That, that's, all, that's all he cared about. I bought him a boat when we were in WCW so I'd like to give him a, a hobby to do something and I think he took it out twice. <laughs> he would be up all night watching tapes and just thinking about wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. One of my favorite angles was him and Tommy Rich in Memphis when he did the double, the double turn on TV. What did he do? Uh, it was like him and Tommy Rich were a tag team and they were awarded this uh, tag team of the year award or something and Eddie Jones, Tommy. Well, Tommy ended up fighting back and just bloodied Eddie and whatever. After commercial break, he comes out and he's, he's out there and he does this tear-felt apology. He's bloody, he's dabbing the blood, he's crying and he gets Tommy Rich to come out and he gives this heartfelt, just tearful apology and then he attacks Tommy again. <laughs> and it just, the way he took the people's emotions and just played with them and toyed with them, after he was done he had even more heat than we started with. Because they bit hook, line, and sinker and it was just an amazing piece of work. We had uh, Willie be hurt in Continental. I remember Continental. If anybody could Hold get on Continental. Willie be hurt. What a f***ing wrestling name. Go ahead. Can't come with that. But if anybody can get any Continental Wrestling Federation tapes, and you can see the months that Eddie booked it, it's really amazing booking. I mean, he took, like, no people coming to the shows to, like, people coming to the shows. It was amazing. But um, he, he beat up his Billy B. Hurt's 12-year-old son. And this was in 1988, I think it was. He pulls a kid over and beats him up. And then he beat up his friend, John Gillum, who was slightly slow. And, but he, he grew up with John Gillum, and they learned how to wrestle each other, so John could take him. John could take it, you know, and knew how to work. And, oh, just beat the living crap out of him. I mean, and, and he... And he People thought that he was beating up a slow kid, you know? And just right. the other thing, he was doing stuff before 
I mean, I always think that EC, like Eddie started ECW. And he was involved in the Yeah, he was involved in the beginning. And then my my boyfriend made a meme, and it was like, you know, the, the cat, the lady screaming at the cat, and it's me with the cat sitting there, and I was like, Eddie Gilbert started ECW. And then the little cat said, I'm a Paul Heyman guy. <laughs> Let's talk about once and see. You know what? I'm just, I'm just curious about something with everybody here. Is there anybody here who never saw ECW? So this is why it's good to go back and talk about this. All right, so I'm like 10 and 0 when it comes to snagging the last delicious factor meal in my house before the new weekly delivery arrives. We all love factors ready to eat meals here in the Jericho household. They're fresh, never frozen, chef crafted and dietitian approved. And best of all, they're ready to eat in just two minutes. Eating better has never been easier or more delicious. There's over 35 different options to choose from every week, including calorie smart, protein plus and keto. So before I jumped on the plane to get the dynamite this week to wrestle Atlantis Jr., I had grilled steakhouse filet mignon with Parmesan cream, spinach and broccolini. Two minutes to heat it up, ate it right out of the factory container, and then tossed it in the garbage. Fast, easy, and delicious. No prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. You can fuel up with Factor's restaurant-quality meals, too. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. You can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime, and Factor is less expensive than takeout. What are you waiting for? Head to factormeals.com slash TIJ50 and use code TIJ50 to get 50% off. That's code TIJ50 at factormeals.com slash TIJ50 to get 50% off. Uh, let's talk a little bit, Bubba, about the, uh, the, the mythos of the ECW arena. Because once again, we talked about it a little bit earlier. Why was the ECW arena such a... The Corican Hall, if you will. Corican Hall is a very famous small arena in Tokyo that everybody has heard of. When you go to Corican Hall, it's small. It really is. Why does the ECW arena have the same almost uh, uh, reputation when you say the name is Madison Square Garden in a lot of ways? Because that's where it all changed. The, the company needed a home base and it just happened to be that run-down bingo hall. And it became legend. It's so legendary today. Today, if you ask me where do you want to have your last match, I don't want to have my last match in Madison Square Garden. I couldn't really give a shit less about the garden. I'd rather be in the ECW ring. Fonzie was getting fired that night. Yeah. 
90s where this is a thing. And we're just like, whatever, it's what it is. You know who's living large at my house? My three cats, Mr. Mittens, Indy, and Snickers. And you know why? Because we switched them to Pretty Litter. Okay, so it's really me and my wife and my daughters who are living large, thanks to Pretty Litter. Because Pretty Litter's ultra-absorbent crystals trap odor instantly, so no more bad cat smells in the bathroom. Pretty Litter crystals last up to a month, so less cat litter box cleaning for all of us. And less fighting about whose turn it is to clean the litter box. I gotta deal with this fight every single week between my daughters. This makes it so much easier. Pretty Litter also ships right to our front door, so no more last-minute mad scramble runs to the store because we're out of kitty litter. And Pretty Litter has another cool feature that makes life just a little easier. It helps us keep tabs on our cat's health. It changes colors so you can monitor early signs of potential illnesses like urinary tract infections and kidney issues. It's easily the best thing we've done for ourselves and our cats in a very long time. Like I said, Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. Those are two big wins in my house meow. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. So go to prettylitter.com slash Jericho and use code Jericho to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash Jericho. Code Jericho to save 20%. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Let's talk about our favorite Polly, just complete fabricated lies. Because yeah. <laughs> one thing, Polly's a great guy, but he, he tends to bend the truth at times, especially as the promoter, to try and get us to do things, you know, to, to incorporate uh, his ways. Mine was uh, the checks are on the wrong plane to Texas. <laughs> Jerry, they put the checks on the wrong plane. Your FedEx, go ahead. Bubba has a story about the FedEx, about the, uh, about sending the, the money to the community. Does anybody know the FedEx story? As God is my witness. Just so you don't think I'm lying like Paul. <laughs> This is from earlier today, a video sent to me by Paul Heyman. And what is in it? A FedEx plane. (laughs) Go ahead. So, one of my jobs within ECW is I'm the one that uh, booked all the buildings and put the tour schedule together and did the advertising for newspaper and radio, yada yada. So I had to get checks from Paul to pay everybody. He says, I did it, I sent it out today. I said, what's the tracking number? Dude, I know what you're gonna say. The tracking number is five, three, two, one, eight, seven, six, zero, two.
before about the, the, the moments in the arena, I just want to acknowledge one person. I think this is actually one of the most important moments, if not the most important in the arena, that doesn't get talked about enough, and this is the night Shane Douglas threw down the NWA World Heavyweight Championship and raised up the ECW Championship. So that's a very important night. I just want to tell a quick funny story, because this revolves around you a little bit too, about a moment in the ECW arena, and I have a photo of this, and I'll throw it up on the old Twitter machine before the weekend's over. Uh, me and Devon, before we were teaming, we were fighting each other like crazy. And there's a shot from the ECW arena where Devon's cracking me over the head with a steel chair. And if you look at the back of my head, you can look and see all the dents that Devon has left in the back of my head over the years. So, so there's Devon cracking, cracking me with a chair. Schwartz, or he, he goes, he goes, 
next time it happens, just use that. But next time... <laughs> Do you guys know the Ron, Ron Simmons story? Tell the story. Tell the Ron Simmons story. <laughs> Same story. But Ron gets to the arena, and Ron is not happy. <laughs> and Ron makes a beeline up to Paul Heyman, and he goes, do I look like a Mr. Rabinowitz to you? <laughs> Pre-9-11, you didn't have to show my <laughs> This is all, but I want to know if this is true. Speaking of checks, because we were talking about checks. Right. Is it true that you got a check for zero zero point zero zero dollars? WCW, they yeah. got a check once for zero dollars and zero cents. <laughs> that they FedExed to me. <laughs> so it is true. It's true. Paulie never ripped me off, WCW did. <laughs> As we start to, to wind down here, uh, let's talk about um, our favorite moments in the ECW. Match-wise, promo-wise, whatever. Jerry, what's, what's, what's your favorite moment in, in your ECW career? Because once again, we haven't really delved into this a lot for you. You were kind of a journeyman in WCW. You were Mr. The, the very uh, uh, imaginative, creative uh, name of Mr. JL. Under How do you know that? And then you had a piece of Would you say that was the pinnacle of your career, in-ring career, or one of them? In ECW? Was ECW, yeah. Yeah, that's where... That's, you know, there was a saying years ago that you wouldn't, you really didn't hit your stride till 10 years in. And that's when it happened for me, it was in East Debbie, and that was about 10 years in, where I just hit my stride, and just with the timing, and, you know, your footwork, and your moving, and... And you, you were the East Debbie champion. Yeah. So Paulie trusted you with that. Yeah, but, uh, you know, and there was a lot of great moments, because, you know, I had a lot of great moments with Lance Storm, just incredible. Chris Candido, you know, there's so many great workers there. Talk about Candido a little bit, the late, great Chris Candido. Yeah! Uh, if Chris was alive today, he would be booking something, Asia Day producing, he might even still be wrestling, he was so great, his only problem was in the 90s, he was too short, too small. That was my problem. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, Chris was so good, you'd have to try really hard to have a bad match with Chris. And he was actually my first match in ECW in Waltham, Massachusetts. But, uh... <laughs> Waltham represents... Yeah, there you go. No, but... So there are so many great moments, and it's hard to pick one, but everyone wants to rave about me and Rob's pay-per-view matches, but one of, my, one of my favorite matches with Rob was at the ECW Arena. And it, we did a gimmick where uh, I was jumped before the show, so he was wrestling Lance or Justin, I can't remember who, maybe it was Lance. And then, of course, there were run-ins, and I came in and helped with my ribs taped up and whatever, and as I'm leaving, Rob, grabbed the mic and challenged me. He said, these people paid to see me kick some ass and I haven't kicked enough ass. So I went in the ring and started getting my ass kicked again. <laughs> but, uh, so the whole first part of that match was RVD, he was so over, you know. And then we did a, a impromptu spot with a table where it looked like an accident. We didn't do any rearranging the furniture or anything and they were walking me back. I pushed everyone off and I came back and finished the match. Well, when I came back, the tide turned. After that, it was Jerry, Jerry. And just the way we had everyone going home with these false finishes after one of them, and the, they're blowing the roof out of the place, and we're laying within the earshot of each other, and uh, Rob goes, awesome. And I go, we got him. And that was my favorite match with Rob just because of the way that we had the fans that night. They were just blowing the roof off the place. And it's those nights when, and a lot of, it's hard to come by now. It's when all the pieces of the puzzle fall into place. And it's just perfect. And that's the drug you chase when you've got them blowing the roof off the place. 
and it's one of those nights you can't get to sleep till 5.30 in the morning and you're so jazzed. That's the drug of the business. And so that was, because of that night, the way the fans were, that was one of my favorite matches in ECW. Yeah, Jerry! So there was a time when uh, Brian Pillman, late great Brian Pillman, he kind of, long story short, organized a bidding war between WWF and WCW by acting like he was crazy. And people didn't know for sure if he was off his rocker or not. And he was able to procure a release from, from WCW. Bischoff gave him a release due to the fact that he was crazy, and he came to ECW for a short period of time. You remember this, you were there when I was there. Uh, I never knew Brian, uh, only met him in ECW once, but he liked me because I came from Calgary, from Stampede Wrestling, from the dungeon, and he comes backstage. He had just caned Sandman, and he came backstage and he's freaking out. Salmon came to a guy in the ring, maybe J.T. Smith or something. Bill is freaking out, call everyone, call everyone. He's wearing a pair of jeans with a rope as a belt. <laughs> and he's running around with a Call 
Because that's how we did it. We did it our way. But the most special thing about the ECW arena and ECW, and I'm not blowing smoke up your asses because I don't do that. You are the most important part of ECW. Without the fan base, and I will say this to the AEW's fan base. I always compare the AEW fan base to the ECW fan base. They are passionate, they are behind their favorite wrestling company, and they will go to great lengths to uh, defend it and support it no matter what is going on. We made a ton of mistakes. We all made a ton of mistakes in ECW. There's, there's lots of mistakes, you know, in AEW too, but the fan base always stood behind, and that's what makes it so special. But, One minute, and I've heard it happen many times in my matches, they'll be chanting, you fucked up. About 30 seconds later, they're chanting, this is awesome. They were there just to have a party, you know, they were to have a great time. What's great, if you go to any indie show and somebody does something crazy, you get a chant of ECW. And you're like, yeah, I of ECW. <laughs> Means well, something. It does mean something to this day, and thank you guys for being here, and what a amazing time. One last time, as loud as you can. One, two, 